Welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. Put our lives on. Bill Bebo. Josh. Uh, uh, Simon Center, get the fuck out. Yeah. And then finally, some stuff I watched in preparation for today, even though I know we're doing The Rocketeer. I, it dawned on me there is this kind of pulp revival that happens in the early 90s in the aftermath of Batman 89. And I wanted to watch these just to get a sense of how they kind of, how the Rocketeer fits into all that. So I re, uh, for the first time since it was in the theater, <laughs> I watched uh, 1990s Dick Tracy. Okay. Which I have, <laughs> which here's the thing. I hated it when it came out. And the reason I hated it was because, A, I was a snot-nosed, you know, what, 90, I would have been uh, 15. Shit, is that right? No, it's not right. I don't know. No, that's right. 15. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know your math. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, but what what I wanted, and I think what a lot of people my age wanted, was the expectation that comic book movies would now be like Batman 89, which is grim and dark and serious, right? And Disney and Beatty kind of run out with this glorious, eye-popping, super-colorized Dick Tracy movie. And boy, did it fumble. Like, it it was a... They marketed that film like it was going to be Batman 89. You yeah, couldn't yeah. go anywhere without finding merchandise and posters. And it just didn't do well. Yeah. Revisiting it is interesting because A, I know much more about the Dick Tracy comics now. Yeah. B, I, I can appreciate it ahistorically, right? And Beatty has made just a visually stunning movie. Yeah. It has problems. My biggest problem is there is an action-packed montage as Tracy oh, yeah. is bringing down the crime syndicate. With Madonna singing. With Madonna singing a like slow lovelorn song, and they are just tonally disconnected. It does not work at all. Yeah. But um, Madonna's not as bad in it as I remembered. Uh, she's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, the well, she didn't become British yet and picked up that accent. <laughs> yeah, so. true. She had. I mean, she was dating Beatty at the time. Yeah. So she had. She had met Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Yeah. So, she, had, she um, had been doing the the documentary during this too. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Her, the documentary has her and Warren Beatty together, and I'm trying to remember the Madonna documentary. I'll look it up. Is it? Well, it's it's, it's not sex. Is it? Was it the one? No, that for was the, the book. book. Well, yeah, but I feel like there was a documentary that went along with that, didn't it? Or like Truth a or, Truth or Dare, a stage show, Truth or Dare. Okay, that's what right. it was. Um, the I am still stunned. Like you should look up one of Gould's drawings of Flat Top, and then look at Flat Top in the movie, and the, and right. the same thing with Prune Face. It is unbelievable how close they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's amazing. It's well worth revisiting. Um, so I, I watched that. I had theories about how that impacted the, the Rocketeers release, but then I watched 1994's The Shadow, which I've always loved. It's, uh, it's, it, it, it is kind of funny. I always loved it. And then in rewatching it this time, it actually feels a little more ham fisted than 
I recall. Not I've seen it. This is probably the fourth oh, time I've know, watched it's, it. It's as ham fisted as the first time I saw it in the theater in '94, is from what I felt. I mean, well, I, I liked it, but it never felt like any any less cheesy than when I first saw it. Well, the thing I like about the shadow, the movie. <laughs> yes, I totally agree, Jeff. Um, is that it is very truthful to the original pulp novels. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And um, and and I love that. And that's something that because I saw it so late, I never saw it in the theater. I watched oh. it after I had read like the first five or six pulp novels. Um, and it's really truthful to it, which I love. I love that about it. Um, then I watched, and this I'd actually, I actually I worked I worked at the comic store. I know where we're going with this one. Go for when it. When this one came out, and um, I had never seen it all the way through. The Phantom, nineteen ninety six. I knew it. It it holds up. It is a fun adventure movie because like it is told, really. It fun. doesn't take itself. It, it it it's camp. It's it's a camp comic book movie pulp movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. Well, except here's the crazy thing about the Phantom that struck me that I never really noticed before. It is campy. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It is beautifully shot. Yeah. There, there is, there is a scene with um, Billy Zane and I, I forget uh, the love interest. Uh, oh, uh, Christy Swanson. Yeah, Thank you. you. Yeah, they're in the back of a cab, going somewhere, and. It seems like such a weird minor thing, but it struck me that entire shot was actually shot. There's no green screen. There's no, the lighting is natural. It's it. amazing. Like it is no right to look as good as it does. And the thing that I hate about it is, and that is a much better poster than what was actually released because the poster is, as Dano did earlier, slam evil. Yeah. And that is such a stupid way to promote this movie. So stupid. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a solid movie. I was really impressed by it. Um, so I just anyway. remember Billy Zane was in it. That's all I remember. <laughs> Billy right. Zane was in a movie and he starred as the Phantom. A and then 30s... he went on to, to yeah, die in the Titanic. <laughs> he didn't. My, die. He didn't die. Spoilers, he, he, dude. He made. He he lived. My there, there he goes. Slam so evil. Bad. So yeah, bad. And that costume I, was just that purple in the movie too. Yeah. Yeah, I, it is. I love the look of the Phantom. It's such a cool design. Like it, I don't know. I, I, remember, I remember right after the Phantom came out because I thought, well, if it does well, they'll do more. And they couldn't even do it in that time period. There was an adaptation of a animated, yeah, Phantom twenty forty, where it was the Phantom, yeah, but in the I future. Remember that. Yeah, and uh, it was very cool and stylized. I think I'm trying to think of who the animation was. Okay, my first my first knowing of who the Phantom was was nineteen the night I think it was eighty five or eighty six Defenders of the Earth. Yeah, the oh, yeah. series yep. with uh, Mandrake the Magician. Yeah, and, yeah. Flash Flash Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. yeah. And do you guys know that uh Stan Lee's the one who wrote the theme song? No, really? Yeah. yeah. Is it as good as the Spider Man theme song he wrote? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um was I, I, I gonna say? Oh um one of the factoids about the Phantom that I found interesting is that um, apparently Billy Zane, or two factoids, Billy Zane wanted to do it because on an earlier film, and I can't remember what film it was, one of his castmates introduced him to the Phantom comic strip and he fell in love with it. Interesting. So he wanted to play this role. And in fact, when he showed up on set, the original costume had fake 
muscles like Batman's from 89. And he was ripped. And they're like, oh, you can't wear this. Like, we're just going to put you in spandex, which is why it feels like such an odd throwback because it's, yeah. it's all, but there's a scene with him after the, the first uh, action scene where he gets like stabbed and his assistant is um kind of like healing him and he has his shirt off and the man is ripped. Like oh God, just, yeah. I mean, but what, but going back, sorry, th- there, there is a reason I wanted to bring all these up and that is, one of the fascinating things that these three films had to do that the Rocketeer didn't, but the Rocketeer does well that these three films do not, is because these are all based on much older properties, they all assume you know who these characters are. I think Dick Tracy is the worst at this because yeah. there is no introduction to who Dick Tracy is. The Phantom, I think, is the most interesting because the, the Shadow spends the first 30 minutes setting up the character. So it wants you to know who he is and then it it quite nicely ties that into the plot of the movie yeah the phantom my favorite thing about it is if you're a young kid you don't know who the phantom is and you just see a poster says slam evil and you're like i want to go see some evil slamming yeah the very yeah there he is the very first shot of that movie it just pops up and says for those who've arrived late yeah and then it it gives you this like scene potentially explaining what the phantom is, but it is so obtuse that even when they explain it later, I was like, oh, that was his dad. Like you keep thinking they're setting up Billy Zane, but they're setting up <laughs> the prisoner as his dad. Um I have to go rewatch I, this now. It's it's very like it just it just assumes you know who the Phantom is. Yeah. And I think that is both a lovely sentiment and a massive failure of this movie. I, I think one of the best things to view from this is seeing Batman 89 do well mm-hmm. and studios react by getting comic strips mm-hmm. 50 years old. Yeah. As the as their properties to put out because that's as I mean if that's not just the top of the studio going oh yeah I know comic strips give me that Phantom property well <laughs> I no one's done in I mean I think the Phantom only ran until the fifties <coughs> oh no no it still runs today oh really yeah yep. it's still going yep um, Max Allen Collins wrote it for a while oh um, he's awesome okay right. oh he's good yeah yeah he's yeah. very good. And, I, and that was, I think, in the 90s after Falk had died, he kind of stepped in as his replacement. Um, I forget it's a European comic, right? Isn't it a French comic? No. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, it is popular in France. It's popular in Spain. It's popular in Mexico, I believe, oh, right? Yes, La Phantom. La Phantom, La yes. La Phantom. <laughs> um, Look at this. Oh, my God. <laughs> with with uh, <laughs> <Miles> O'Brien. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yep okay so i will segue us into the main topic by saying this yes he when the rocketeer came out in 91 it did not do well i i have vivid memories my dad and i went to the theater to go see it together and the theater was not very full at all and we both loved it it became a huge touchstone film for me and it came and went like that yeah and here is what I think happened. I think in 89, Batman Comes Out is an enormous success. 
clearly within a year, Disney's like, oh, we can do this, right? So they get Warren Beatty to make Dick Tracy. And again, like I said earlier, <laughs> Dick Tracy was merchandised and promoted to the T. I mean, look up the Mickey Mouse Dick Tracy mashup logo. Oh, Jesus. You oh. couldn't go to the Disney store at the time without tripping over Dick Tracy stuff. I mean, it was everywhere. And that movie bombed hard. And I think what happened was because Disney owned the rights. The, Disney originally was going to release The Rocketeer. And then they pawned it off. No, I'm sorry. They were going to release Dick Tracy. They pawned it off on Touchstone. I think it was such a mess that they just said, all right, we are not going to do this again with The Rocketeer. I have vivid memories. I'd never heard of the Rocketeer. I didn't know the character. I didn't know anything. We were at the mall, and I swear to God, it was around 89. I remember seeing that iconic movie poster in a poster shop. And I was like, what is that? I want to see it. And I, it was, I could be wrong about this. Memory is faulty, but I think it was scheduled to come out the same year as Dick Tracy. And oh. it took ages for that movie to come out it I, I i think it was shelved and then when i finally started seeing trailers for it, i'm like oh good this is finally coming out right i think what happened was disney got cold feet from dick tracy and that ended up impacting the rocketeer yeah just my theory but when you look at the timeline of things they i mean there was nothing for the rocketeer nothing mm. it was it was crazy how how little came out about it and um, and to me, it's one of the most important movies of the early 90s. So, yeah, Disney pretty much. I'm trying to think of a property they put out. They don't put a toy with. <laughs> they don't put, yeah. you know, something with. And then they buy this Dave Stevens book that they have to kind of clean up because it's a little it's got a little uh, risque stuff in it. It's got some Betty Page homage stuff in it. But I mean, it's a wholesome movie with I mean, it's just such a throwback. I love everything oh, yeah. about it to the old serials. Yep. I wish they had done action figures uh, for that movie. Yeah, I would have I would have been more interested, I think, from that, too. Here's what's crazy. They did do some stuff, but it's clear. I, I think at a certain point, Disney realized kids aren't going to dig this. And if you watch The Rocketeer, you see why it's not it, it's it's pretty slow paced. It has a lot of character development It has a lot of you know stuff that I think they assumed kids would balk at. I mean, I was. 16 17 when the film 16 i guess when the yeah. film came out um i remember a couple years later this was probably like 92 uh, 93 being in a store in san marcus where i would go to school eventually and way in the back they had like a toy section and in their glass case they had a rocketeer figure interesting and it was like a hundred dollars. It was it was a it was a collectible item. It was not a toy, and that was the only. I mean, between that and like a, I don't know, like a Neil Adams drawn uh, audio comic. If you remember, there was like a comic book and then like a tape cassette that came with it for yeah, kids. There was, there was a Rocketeer version. There was. Oh wow! And I didn't know that. those are the. I mean, I would. I was on the lookout for merchandise for this movie because I was so infatuated with it, and there was very little, very very little. I mean, I don't even think they re-released the original comics at, at all. I mean, Disney had a comic imprint at that point. Yeah. 
because they released a bunch of Dick Tracy comics. They were releasing new Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse comics, and they, they did not their Disney After New stuff too. Yeah, 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 and they a... did not re-release it. Is this a situation where uh, Dave Stevens ha- sells an IP to Disney, but still owns the rights to Rocketeer as a comic? Because he, he did he it. May have. He did it on his own for a while, and I know that it, reading up on him, he had deals like with Playboy that he turned down just because he didn't like the the vibe. You know, yeah. like, even though it was like a huge paying gig, if if he didn't like you know the vibe, he was out. Yeah, uh, and I and I. The thing that was cool is I remember going to conventions for years and seeing Dave Stevens open up his own little booth, put out his Rocketeer stuff, say that's where I discovered Betty Page. And I was like, wow, this guy draws amazing stuff. It's beautiful. And then it's like, oh, it becomes a movie. That's how you do it. You just if you draw pretty, it goes to the movies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I hope I I want I want uh, Daniel to come back because I want to see how much of Dave Stevens he discovered after watching The Rocketeer. Because he right. needs to dip into that comic book world because, man, his art is beautiful. I, I, do, I do want to show real quick. Hang on. Let me um, let me do something. Uh, window. But did uh, did you want to talk about the screenwriters on this? Well, in just a sec. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the casting first because I, I just want to point out. Can you see the, this page I'm showing you? No. Oh, oh uh, there we go. There it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can we just talk about the amazing casting for this movie? This image down here of uh, Cliff. I- I'm pretty sure that uh, um, Billy Campbell. Yeah, uh, makes that exact same face in the movie. I mean, it yes. it is pitch perfect casting. Um, and credit to joe johnston for not going for big names for going for the casting the best fit the look and feel um i think this is the first thing i ever saw bill campbell in and he's brilliant in it i mean he just he exudes that sense of love of adventure care and concern for uh for jenny i mean just all that stuff that really comes through um yeah alan arkin is pv i mean everyone is spot on in this yeah i had, I had read that billy campbell went and got the haircut so that he, he did. looked just like him for the audition and that really sold a lot of it, it was because yeah. he just pulled off the look and at the same time they wanted johnny depp who kind of oh, had Lord. that haircut and everything can you imagine i mean he'd be good but johnny depp at that time replacing billy campbell Mm-mm. You need that wholesomeness, and and as we all know now, Johnny Depp doesn't have it. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had a, he's seen some shit, man. Yeah, I yeah. I had. Uh, I don't think I had ever seen Billy Campbell that I recognized him in anything. Um, Obviously, I think I saw him in different. singles after this. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, it's I, funny you should actually bring that up because a friend of mine finally let me the movie so I can watch it. Oh, oh, you've never seen it? Oh, never it's so. Oh, it's my absolute favorite of his movies. Oh, um, my God, the soundtrack is fantastic. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and, and this is what's going to decide because the last couple of times I've been to Jersey Records, they actually have a single soundtrack on vinyl. So if I need to hear the movie, and if it sounds really good, I might have to pick up the soundtrack. Oh there. no, just get the soundtrack. It's good. Yeah, okay. Trust me. You, you don't. Yeah. You don't need to see the movie. Um, but. Billy Campbell has like in a weird run in the early nineties. Uh, lest we forget, he was in Dracula. Yeah, weird. That's what I'm looking at. Right was now. he? Yeah, he's he's one of the three suitors for. Really? Uh, yeah, he's the American. 
Um, he's the cowboy. Honestly, I was not the biggest fan of that film. I revisited it. Uh, my wife it, and I rewatched nice it. Thought. I just don't care. It's just it, it's maybe I'm not maybe I'm not the right market for it. Having read having read the novel finally, it's a great adaptation of it. Okay. Um, way better than Branagh's Frankenstein, which is a giant piece of shit um, that I hate, hate, hate. <laughs> uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula is pretty good, um, but there was something else. Now Keanu's oh. Eh, but other than that, <laughs> but but the thing you may never have seen Billy Campbell in that I highly highly recommend is the uh, Tales of uh, from the City series. Um, it is based on a series of novels by Armistead Maupin, and it premiered on PBS to interesting both huge acclaim and huge controversy because there is full frontal nudity in it on pbs which i love um wow. and then later it was picked up by i think showtime and he's in most of the series i think he's in one two at least the first three um adaptations quick, quick correction uh campbell scott is in singles not billy campbell okay i wondered i was oh, like you're right okay okay i was like i didn't think billy campbell was in singles but yeah very wrong um, i just thought he, he was he was in that gen x mindset and yeah i was like oh there's a campbell in singles yeah billy billy campbell scott uh it's it's uh it's a mashup um as i was watching the movie the the, the credits so i had never seen this movie for this uh, the credits came on and i saw alan arkin i was like okay that's that's great i saw jennifer connelly i was like okay cool because who doesn't love Jennifer Connelly? Oh. Uh, uh, no, Timothy uh, Dalton. Oh, cool. Yeah. I did miss, I don't think he was in the main credits, but when they reveal Howard Hughes and it's Terry O'Quinn, and then I'm just like, it's Locke from Lost. <laughs> um, no, Billy Campbell apparently was in an early episode of season one of Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, oh, so, okay. Yeah, he, it, it's called the uh, Outrageous O'Connor, where basically he's this, a freighter captain who's basically trying it, to basically bring together the, again. It's two different warring families. The son loves the daughter, and he's the one trying to help go back and forth between. I remember this episode. I'm like, oh shit, that was Billy Campbell. Oh, yeah, I think a yeah. lot of this cast had done Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, during this time period because it had taken off after '89. Was Johnston directing TNG? Is, is, is that the link or? Is it just random? Well, I don't think Conway's ever done Star Trek. Oh shit! I don't know. I mean, she was. I don't like. Think, uh, I don't think also. I don't think uh, the vil- uh, Oh god, I can't think of his name now. Uh, James Bond did ever did Star Trek. Uh, Timothy Dalton. Dalton. Yeah, I don't think Dalton. Dalton ever done Star Trek either. But but, and you recognize Timothy Dalton from Doom Patrol, didn't you, Daniel? Oh, I mean, from a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I just figured he the was, comic book, yeah, yeah. comic he book was, tie. He was in the actually first thing I thought of when I saw on screen because it it didn't come to me that he was the same guy from Doom Patrol. But there's a they made a movie. Uh, the, the nanny made a movie. Fred Drescher made a movie. Yes, I love. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's the, the be- king. I think it's yeah, beautician, the beautician and, the beast. and the beast. Yes, yes. yes. And I was that's like, what, that, oh. that's what you went to on your well, Timothy Dalton because of the mustache, because he was wearing the mustache. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, because he has a mustache in the movie. And then I'm like, oh wait, that's Timothy Dalton. And then it clicked. Nah. At first, I was just like, and then I realized Timothy Dalton him, was in that. Him playing the villain movie. 
him playing the villain shows just how well he can play a dick being in hot fuzz yeah yes oh yeah. totally that's so, a great yeah. comparison yeah because he's he's great in this i mean he's oh, yeah. he's uh, oh, yeah. and, and and the thing i really like about this movie and i don't know if it's johnston's direction if it's uh the script again big names on the script it's yes. uh paul DeMeo and, and danny, danny bison Bilson. yeah bison sorry they uh i think it was bilson because his daughter is bilson. rachel bilson, bilson. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, All right. yeah. And those two were the guys that brought the Flash to CBS in the '90s. So yep. that they were on a streak, and I love it. Um, I read about all their careers, and it was nice to see that they had still been writing and sold their last script in 2018, and it was the Five Bloods. They sold it to Spike Lee. Yeah, that's wow. The most, huh. most recent credit is the Five Bloods, which was uh, Chadwick Boseman's last movie. Wow, yeah, that's wow. cool. Uh, yeah, no. I, as I was going through this movie, like I said, I think I recognized a lot of people, which was really cool. Uh, so I, I do have some notes. Uh, I made a note too because there's a reveal at the like towards maybe two thirds into the movie. I don't want to keep saying Nazis on screen, so we'll just call them villains. <laughs> but that's, no, no, but I gotta, you guys, you guys will know that that's what we're referring to when we say villains. No, uh, uh, there's one of my favorite lines. It's the guy. I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy. You know, oh, when I Reno. wrote it down. Let me oh, I, I know exactly the line Can you're I gonna say. Yeah, he comes down yep. to give him the jetpack, and he goes, "What's this? What are you talking about?" It's like saying you're gonna get paid. It's like, look, I may be a villain, but I'm not a stinking Nazi it's, lover. I may not make <laughs> an honest book, but I'm a hundred percent American. American. I love that. <laughs> no, I love I, that I wrote, line. I wrote that in my notes. Oh my god! And then because like I was like, yeah, fuck them. Everyone hates villains. And then and then, yep. then you go to the scene where the <laughs> yes. FBI shows up, and you got him there. Overhead, the FBI both shooting the Tommy guns, and they look down at each other like, "What the hell? Oh hell!" And they, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is I mean, Paul Sorvino, by the way. Paul Sorvino's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that went from a, a kids' movie to an adult movie real quick when they started mowing down all the villains. Yeah. I was yeah. like, "Whoa, Disney!" Well, okay. it, but again, it is it, it is a touchstone picture. That's true, right? So, and they did the same thing with Dick Tracy because I think they saw what Beatty was putting together and the fact that Madonna wears a sheer nightgown in it. And, uh, and, and it was like, Oh shit, we can't release this as a Disney film. Think about this. I mean, ha for, for a while, all of Kevin Smith's films were still Disney based too, because Mer they owned Miramax at the time also. Yeah. So touch yeah. Miramax where the, like, where the adult more level where you're going to put those films right. on, you know, doo -doo -doo, you know, with the castles <laughs> coming in, but you know, but, but, the thing I really like about this film, it, even with Dalton, is that there is no scenery chewing. No. Every every actor plays it straight, plays it honest. Um, it is just fantastic all around. There is not a bad, to my mind, there's not a bad component to this movie at all. No, it, disagree with me, please. No, no, but, I, thinking, um, I, did, I did get... When they brought Luther in, that's where I felt like a little bit of influence from Dick Tracy because the way his face looked and everything, how big he was, he felt like a Dick Tracy character. Like they just threw, like decided to throw something yeah. like that in. Yeah, yeah, because of the prosthetics and yeah. stuff looks yeah. like the other guy too. But 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 even there, like remember what his very first appearance is? What he's sitting at home listening to opera, drinking like a little cup of tea, right? So it's like you're expecting this, like you know, this uh, a very cultured, and then he just shows up. He's just like just massive monstrous yeah. guy so yeah. um oh, God, now, when, he goes to, when he goes to the hospital 
and he keeps oh. holding people in half. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. I know. And Johnson does such a good job. It's just a close-up of a head with a foot next to it. And you're like, oh, yeah. my God. What, what happened? I love it. I love all the all those effects when he reaches for the, the, the doorknob. And you just see this massive hand when he's trying to get into PV's house. Uh, you just see this massive hand coming at the door. Yeah. Like, uh, it's really good. Uh, I made another note. I made a bunch of notes as I was watching this. Uh, I love the the setup for the airfield and all that. It's really cool. Uh, the flying effect was. I was like, okay, that's probably the thing that aged the least well. But, yeah. And it's it's funny because that's really the only scene where you see him flying out in the open in the middle of the day. Everything yeah. else either happen either happens indoor, uh, flying mm-hmm. indoors, which is a lot more wire work. Uh, or it's flying at night, yeah. Where where you won't you wouldn't really notice that effect where they just kind of plaster them on that green screen or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, so that that was really cool. I also really enjoyed the. I just wrote that rocket truck when he when he <laughs> tells Phoebe to put it in neutral because the gangsters are after them. Even yeah. Though they don't know other gangsters yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I I also love the time period that this took. Like, oh God, this yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The 30s is a uh, really interesting, even though it was kind of like a, a zoomed in shot because we only see this little town and that the FBI, it's very close to for some reason. Uh, like they have offices all over the place, all, I guess. And they just run into buildings and shoot. I love how the <laughs> FBI works. <laughs> <laughs> well, they made a reference like one. I think it was Wooly. He's like, well, if Hoover doesn't agree, then whatever. I like something like that. I was like, oh, OK. Assuming that was the J. Edgar Hoover they were talking about. Yeah. Now, oh yeah. I think I w- Josh and I were talking a little bit before the show, and he mentioned Howard Hughes is not in the comic. Mm-mm. Uh, he was an addition for the movie. A, a very, I think, perfect addition because I think yeah. it brings more of a like people know who Howard Hughes is, right? Uh, at at this time, I assume. Like, I mean, I yeah. I mean, with the aviator being the last movie about him, I would think that he would still be in the. Well, and it it would have had to have been a rights issue because, again, as I was saying in the comic, it's like they don't name him, but it's pretty clear it's Doc Savage is the creator of the Rocket Pack. And that, yep. And and that must have just been a nightmare of of a rights thing because, again, think about it. um, Street and Smith owned. Well, originally owned both the Shadow and Doc Savage, and I want to say by this point, Condé Nast had bought the rights to both of those. And if they were already in thinking about doing a Shadow movie, they were not going to give up Doc Savage. So they had to find a way to tie it in that made sense, and it's a brilliant way to do it. Um, Even down to the little, my favorite little historical moment is. when Cliff escapes and he jumps onto the the model of the Spruce yeah. Goose, yeah. and uh, he's like, <laughs> "That was fly," cool. you know. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was great. It'll fly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was going to uh, ask if you guys noticed the lounge singer. I so I'm glad you brought that up, Clay, because I laughed out loud when that happened. Yeah, and I'll show yeah. you why. Wait, who? Because of Threat Level Midnight, baby. Yes. I know. Wait, that was her. Melora yes. Hardin is the lounge singer in wait, the wait. in the restaurant. Wait, wait. I have never noticed that. That's amazing. And she also rep- she also did 
This is the role from the office from that threat level midnight episode. Uh, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Uh, so okay. I'm glad wow. we both saw that. Clay. I, I, I saw. So I think one of the coolest things going back and watching all these movies that, you know, from a while back is that I know a lot of these people and I've seen them and stuff. So it's just kind of cool to see like how they've been working forever or their careers maybe were at a different point. Uh, I think was this before or after uh, uh, what's the puppets movie? Dark Crystal. Oh, oh, after, after this is yeah. after, right? So, yeah, which Jennifer Connelly was in that? And no, 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 she was in that. Was Labyrinth. I mean, oh, okay, Labyrinth, Labyrinth. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but this, this could have this could have only been her third major film. She did Labyrinth, she did before this, she did a movie with um. Career opportunities. Career opportunities. Thank you. With uh, uh, Big Kevin. Brain Brad yes. um, from Pulp Fiction, uh, yes. where they get trapped in a Target overnight. Yes. Um, and she rides and, the horse. Yeah, she did a few things in between <laughs> Labyrinth, but I don't know that they're big. <laughs> no. Movies. Okay. So, nineteen eighty-four. Once upon a time in America. Pneumonia. Seven minutes in heaven. Labyrinth. Some girls. Each whale. The hot <laughs> Career opportunities. And then the Rocketeer. Yeah, I knew career year. opportunities was just before this. It's so. phenomena, not pneumonia. Oh, my sorry. <laughs> phenomena. <laughs> I was like, pneumonia. So, so what? What else stood out to you, Daniel, in seeing this with fresh eyes? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, that that line I wrote that down because that was really good. So good. Uh, I like the the humor that they they do stuff like. There's a scene where they're in the what's it called the big blimp. Yeah. And oh, uh-huh. like, oh, we got the best pilot in the fleet, and then here yeah. comes in that dude. Boom! Knocks the pilot. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> the pilot just fell and died. I love uh, that. So that was cool. I I like how much stuff takes place in the diner. Like this is how I, I can kind of diner. tell that they they keep uh and then the the owner of the diner what's her name Millie yes and she's, she's also in, some she's from the leftovers uh yeah I've seen her there I think on she was Justified. in the riches she's awesome I just want to point out I will always love them for recreating this crazy yeah. ass diner that uh mm. uh that he drew in the I mean this is page one of the original comic. Nice. And Johnson's like, yeah, we're just gonna make that cool bulldog diner. Let's do it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was cool. Um, let's see. <laughs> I like the whole thing with the gum. Yeah, that was, that was great. That's a lot point. I just wrote them best piece of gum ever because it stayed on there forever. <laughs> well, it just, it just even like I love the reaction that they have when PV just shoves his finger in his mouth and pulls the gum yeah. out. It goes yeah. like. How are you doing? <laughs> what was gum made out of in the 30s? That's my question. Good. Hey, hey, everything was made better in the 30s. Like, yeah. let's just agree on that. I won't the, the reference, though, to the gum package he gets, though. Yeah. Is that is that specific to anything of that time period? I, I believe. No, it, it's not from the comics. I think Hughes owned the company that made Blackjack gum. Uh, oh, okay. I could I could be wrong. Um, it's good gum. I found it. If you like licorice, if you don't, never eat it. Um, so, yeah, I was looking. I was, was interesting. Oh, uh, I go was going to say, it, I thought it was an interesting plan for the villains to infiltrate via Hollywood. Yeah, uh, that's a long con. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Neville Sinclair has to become a 
a big movie star in Hollywood. Just like how far in advance did they start planning this out? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. That seems like, but I mean, it's Timothy Dalton, so he can, even though he wasn't chewing up the stage, he was kind of destroying it when he was chasing uh, uh, Billy Campbell Cliff, uh, trying to get to him. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. I I didn't think. Uh, I feel like Jennifer Connelly got enough to do too, mm-hmm. as a, for a '90s movie. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that was the norm. Or if this was just one of the movies that was maybe a little ahead of its time in that, in that regard. Yeah, well, actually I, attacked her attack her captors. Yeah, yeah, well, and she's she's critical to the plot, not as just a damsel in distress, but as someone right. like she discovers, you know, that he's an, a, a villain. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I would say if you go back and watch all these other kind of pulp revival films from the early 90s, the female characters are not given that same breath yeah there are very few and far between i mean you go from sigourney weaver as an action hero to who next who's the next big female action star yeah i don't i can't even tell you oh yeah. uh, well uh, well i know technically i guess linda hamilton yeah yeah okay yeah. linda hamilton the next um, oh uh, well you want to go martial arts uh, cynthia rothrock yeah but i would say I feel bad not calling her an A-lister because of her history, but I don't think her films are A-list movies. No, they're not, unfortunately. I mean, uh, you might have been able to argue a little bit. Again, Labyrinth might have been one of those what they were hoping it would be a, like a bigger film. But other than that, what else was she in that really did really knock her up there? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, y'all haven't even uh, talked about the music yet. Oh, well, I, I have There's a note that, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good. The score yes. is beautiful. The, the score, score is, is that How, opening scene. Just an opening scene when, I, when they bring the plane out and they're getting them ready, and he's yeah. like, Yeah, I have flown a plane before, you know, and just that soundtrack when they get him in there. And I'll, I'm gonna say this one, uh, this is part of the music, but the, the little window they had to look out in the planes, I'm like. How are you piloting this thing with that small of a freaking dome to look out of? It's like that looked terrifying, and that no, was yeah. just on a real plane. Like, yeah, and those old. and those planes, uh, the the GB, yeah, uh, they were notoriously hard to fly. Like they Ooh. easily crashed. Um, but yeah, the music. Sorry, I raced yeah. back in here because the one piece of merchandising I bought multiple times after the film came out was the soundtrack and i was i was a weird high schooler that i'm like my favorite film composer is uh is is james uh james horner Horner, yeah and he had a brilliant run in the 90s look him up in the 90s because every yeah do it star trek 2 wrath of khan titanic avatar aliens field of dreams crawl you're still you're still missing some big ones though. All right. He did he did he did glory. Yeah. Oh wow. Totally different. He did um Patriot Games, which oh, wow. has a very Irish sounding yeah. they're the bad guys in it. Yeah. Um he did The Rocketeer. Like these are all almost in sequence, like as he was doing them. It's a brilliant run. And um yeah, and I still think the Rocketeer is his best score ever. It is just, it is, it is absolutely perfect, both as music and for this movie. Um, it is great. It is great. And like I, uh, I pointed out, I think it, it, 
earlier this year, it got re-released on um, CD. Uh, go get it. It's it, it's such a hard original CD to get. It is worth getting this reissued CD. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I, I do have questions, though, Josh, because I did read he had a lot of controversy around uh, his music and saying that some of <laughs> his stuff might have been lifted from classical pieces. Oh, wow. Have, have you read any of this? I have not, but okay, all right. But I'm not a music historian. I mean, um, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's a lot of what I would describe probably inaccurately as Americana yeah. in the score for the Rocketeer, right? Like, I'm just thinking of you know, after his first flight, when he when he uh, uh, he saves. Uh, what's his face? Um, the clown. Let's go with the clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> the clown. Uh, after he saves me, he's just flying around there. It, it turns. It, it begins sounding a little bit like uh, you know, some, like a American composer, um, not Sousa, but uh, someone I'm thinking of. And I, it's just not going to come to me. Um, I don't know. That that wouldn't surprise me. I think what surprises me more is after this show, go listen to the score for the anime movie steam boy okay and what you will notice is and this is no because it's a great score it is very clearly inspired by the rocketeer soundtrack oh really very clearly yes um it's and not in a way where it's a direct lift but like um tonally in terms of inspiration, pacing, the kind of uh, the ups and the downs of it. Like, yeah. just open the soundtrack to Steam Boy and play the last two tracks, and you will have visions of the Rocketeer. And of course, what is Steam Boy? It's a young Victorian boy in one scene slapping a steam pack on his back and flying up to a, a ship. You know, it's like, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. That's so. cool. Another yeah. another really cool thing. I just love the design of the Rocketeer. Yes. Declan Shelby tweeted this out yesterday. He he was doing he did some commissions and somebody wow. I guess commissioned the shot of the Rocketeer, but it's like it's like it feels like it belongs in the time that it was made, but also mm -hmm. like it's kind of timeless. Like <sighs> this design, like it 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 looks super cool all the time. And when you first see the helmet that PV makes out of that radiator thing or whatever whatever that was. How do I look? Uh, like a wasn't it an old? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wasn't it an old radio on the sides? <laughs> might have been. That makes sense. Oh, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. I, I thought it might be something stronger, and that's the only reason I said. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That was funny though with the scene with the statue, which we were talking on the Discord yesterday. Uh, the when they first test it, and the statue just flies up. And they're like, oh, we should, uh, we should get a helmet. Yeah, I love that. Well. Um, I, I, uh, um, crap. Well, Josh I, I, it. I got yeah, some, I just I had got, a thought and it's gone. Um, I got some fun trivia, uh, from the IMDb stuff. Well, I was going to uh, bring up the fact that Rick, Bre Rick Baker did the makeup in this movie. And this is, uh, I believe what post, uh, uh American werewolf in London. Uh, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, because that would have been what eighty six, and this is ninety one. So yeah. Well, I, well, I, I do, uh, Daniel, I'll do some images into the uh, Discord if you want to go real quick. I'm just saying, like, because we're talking about how like the the, the Rocketeer is very much a ninety one or like not too far off that same time, but that's when it was created. But 
Mm -hmm. was, I, I remember walking to Suncoast video back in the day and seeing the old 1950s and 40s yep. serials. And there's, and this is definitely has to be influenced by the old rocket man serials. Oh yeah. I think, like right I think, I think Steven said he was inspired by those serials. Which are fun. I've watched. Well, the I'm not first talking, one. but I, mean, I, I always thought the, I always originally thought the Rocketeer had been a, a property from the 1950s. Like, oh, oh, I got you. And that's why I didn't realize yeah. it was just that, that Rocket Man was something totally different. Yeah, yeah. Ca Commando Cody, the Rocket Man. <laughs> so I, I I remembered what I was going to say, and I wish I could find my old sketchbooks, but I was so influenced by this that I remember even in the college when I would just be kind of bored and, and sketching, if I'd gone into comics and animation, one of the things I would have loved to propose was a Bruce Tim Batman animated series style cartoon of the Rocketeer. I could yeah. do it. Yeah. It would work so perfectly. It would, I mean, that whole kind of art deco yeah. style of that show mixed wow. with the Rocketeer. And I had tons of designs of like drawing the Rocketeer to look like that. Um, which is hard to do because, because of the joppers, he's he's shaped kind of like this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and, and all Bruce Timms are shaped like like an upside down pyramid, you know. So um, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, I have some facts. That, so the what are they called? The G, the GB plane of uh, the racers were nicknamed Widowmaker and Flying yes. Coffin because of the difficulty <laughs> to like you guys mentioned of those planes. Uh, <laughs> There's a there's a deleted oh scene God, where Neville Sinclair is sending a message to Berlin, uh, to Berlin, with, that was actually coded with an Enigma machine that they found. Oh wow! Uh, but, but the scene was cut for time, and then the the last thing I found here that was I thought pretty interesting. Uh, there's a scene where at at the end, where Cliff tells them, uh, you know, you don't do your own. Uh, oh, where's your stuntman now? And then Neville responds, I do my own stunts. That was a callback to Timothy Dalton's time as James Bond. Oh, because lot, okay. Because he would do, his he own would do a lot of his stunts. Uh, also, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was almost in this movie. Uh, I think... Uh, he see. turned down the role, is yeah, what I heard. He of, down the role. What role? Of the Rocketeer. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm actually and, glad he did. I'm actually glad he did. Yeah, because then he went and made Men in Black. I mean, that was what a uh, just a year or two after this, right? Like '95. '95, I want to say, yeah. Or actually, yeah. no, was it? And, was it '97? Maybe. And Joe well, Pesci turned down the wrong the role of uh, Eddie Valentine. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Uh, that would have been '97 for Men in Black. '97. Okay. Uh, well, I wanna, here's. I want to see Joe Pesci busting uh, villains' knees. Here's the, a. The yeah, I know, right? Here's a crazy factoid, because again, I was obsessed and I bought every piece of merchandising I could do. And bear in mind at this time, this was, <laughs> this was, yeah, this was the, um, the tail end of the period where when films finally came out on, on VHS, they were still like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the only way I could re-experience this after it left theaters was to read the novelization which was by Max Allen Collins, I'm pretty sure. And it includes some scenes from the script that were not in the film, or I think even shot for the film. One that I love that I wish was in it is when Cliff goes to see Jenny on the set as he's leaving because he causes all that havoc. He bumps into Clark Gable and another famous actor from the time. And I think the intent in the script was to hire lookalikes right or maybe get actors fields and maybe wc fields yeah, yeah. well no no because he appears he's in the club 
Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's Clark Gable. It, it's like two actors that are also kind of like actiony actors from that time, which would be sort of like uh, Sinclair. Um, I can't remember who the other one was, but it was just it was just a great little callback because yeah. that's the one thing the film kind of misses is it's set in Hollywood in the '40s, and except for W.C. Fields no, and 30s. Hollywood yeah. Land '30s, I'm 30s, sorry, yeah, yeah. '30s, yeah. And except for Hollywood land, they don't really play up much of that huh. as the setting, you know? Well, so. that, was a, that was a funny thing at the end, too, when uh, yeah. when Neville was like, I'll miss you, Hollywood. Yeah. And then he explodes and falls onto the, the sign. Takes off Hollywood the land. Uh, which yeah. originally it was Hollywood land. Yeah. What, so. what, do you guys know why they took off land from the sign? It was a development a property that was called Hollywood land and the sign became so big. They were like, well, what if they wanted to take the land off? Cause it was associated with the property that was being built okay. uh, to just call Hollywood. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, all right. Is there any final thoughts on the Rocketeer? I just just I, I, on Dave Stevens. Yeah. I just think, I think what a, he was just a crazy talent. I mean, if anything, I hope people go and discover his art and look through all the cool stuff he did. Um, but even at that, if, if you watch super friends, he worked on super friends. <laughs> oh, I didn't on, know that. That's interesting. He, he worked for Hanna-Barbera. Hmm. He did. Yeah. He did work for them and the Godzilla power hour. 70 Saturday morning cartoon. Oh my God. Nice. I know that's what all the great comic artists were doing were Saturday morning cartoons. In yeah, the 70s. that's true. They, they paid, they paid the box. I mean, you have to think they yeah. weren't getting it from DC and Marvel at the time. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I, I'm glad I visited, revisited this. Uh, I know we have a few other movies that we may do in the future. Um, like, uh, what do you call it? What was it? Oh, Howard the Duck. Yes. Since it is today is the 35th anniversary of Howard the Duck, and I've never, I've also <laughs> all, never watched that. movie. All I'm gonna say is, uh, oh my god, my blank, uh, blank in her name, fuck, Leah Thompson, Thompson? Oh, Leah Thompson. Thompson. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I had such a massive crush on her from specifically that movie, not Back to the Future. It was Howard. Was the it Duck. from Caroline in the City? <laughs> well, that too. Well, she was that too. in a Space Camp. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, she is in Space Camp. Camp. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. And don't forget right. Jaws 3. Jaws 3? Never Jaws, seen that. Jaws 3 is her first, first Jaws 3. Uh, film off. You can only film watch it in 3D. I've seen uh, Jaws 3 in 3D in the theater. Wow, nice. that's impressive. Nice. Uh, no, right. the Alamo shows it every now and again, so it's worth the going to see. Nice. So I just thought of a question of the week because I didn't think of one, and I just put it on the thing. But it'll be uh -oh. related to what we've been talking about. If you guys wanted to see a reboot of one of the movies Josh talked about earlier, one of those, <laughs> pulp, one of those pulp heroes that we talked about from the 90s, uh, or any other one that we didn't mention, which one would it be? And I'm going to start with saying, why is it not the Phantom? Because I think <laughs> I think the Phantom, yeah. would uh, he could get a really cool update. Um, leading up to, even if they started to connect the, you know, like like the animated show we were talking about earlier, like they do a Mandrake movie and stuff like that, and then they kind of connect everything. Um, but do you guys have one that you'd like to see come back? Yeah, yeah. I would. I, I want to see Doc Savage because I've never seen a good Doc Savage ever. So yeah, it's it's supposedly in the works. 
it's yeah, but it always has been. I mean, they had yeah, one true. in the seventies, and 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 it, it's been a property that's always out there. But I mean, no one makes it work. I think the last time I saw it work was in Planetary. Oh yeah, that's true. So Doc Savage is one of those characters in there. I was going to say Doc Savage, but since Clay said that, I would love to have a revitalized Shadow series. And 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 I think it'd be really super... Like, I think the audience is ready for but, another but, Shadow today. But still, Alec Baldwin? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I would, I would do that. I would definitely do that. So. If they rebooted The Phantom and don't bring Billy Zane back, I'd be disappointed. Yeah. Can I just say... My one of my all time favorite Billy Zane bits ever is when he appears in the last season of Community. And there's oh. just, it, it, he's like, he's in the bar that, uh, what's her face works at, and he's trying to give her a job. And then I, I forget who comes in, but they start talking, and he's like, Well, what happened to that guy? And then Billy Zane's just like hiding behind this table. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. It's yeah. so not Billy Zane. I love it. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Kyle, did you have one? Yeah, uh, this is not so much like an older, but it's a pulp hero. But I'd rather see a, a, a reboot and done right of the spirit. Oh God! Oh, yeah. oh my God! Uh, yeah, what? What? Kyle I changed said. I changed I, my vote. I changed. I, remember, I, changed, I changed mine too. Yeah, I remember I watching another that one. Spirit, that spirit movie trophy. Oh my God! Give me a good like a, a spirit movie done in, in the same Art Deco style. You're talking about the Rocketeer or Batman. Like I want it in that style, but him actually being just a guy who's they think he's dead and he's wearing a mask. He's not super, yeah. there's no, you know, supernatural bullshit. A great story, but very stylized. Yeah. One of my biggest disappointments, and you guys know I was hyped about it, was speaking of the Rocketeer, you know, they've been putting out a bunch of new stories or, uh, over the past yeah. 10 years. They did a Rocketeer spirit. Yes. I've read it. Story. It was awful. I hated it. And I love both those characters so but, much. Okay, okay. I'm not going to defend it. I'm just going to say, but that's the spirit that I want. Like, not, not the story of the spirit, but that's the kind of the character. Like he's just a right, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why, again, I will go to bat for the very weird 1980s made for TV movie. It has that. Wait, what? There's yeah. a starring Flash Gordon. Oh, not that one. That one sucks. sucks. Yeah, it no. also has it also has the weirdest hot was a nice, scene. There was a 1980s spirit movie. Yeah, I will on send TV. it to you. It, it was on TV. It started. I've got Sam, it in my plex. I'm pretty Sam sure. Sam Jones, Sam Jones, and, and the what's girl her face from, from Star Trek? Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Yep. Wait, who? Uh, Akira? Or uh, no, that had the nose thing. Dax. Uh, okay. Okay. Dax. No, 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 not Dax. The uh, security chick. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a visitor. When that's, I Google that, 19, that's, that's, that's Akira, Major. Akira. Oh, okay, okay. When I go, when I Google nineteen eighties, the spirit in a car comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it, it, more, it, I is, it is a rough version of the spirit, but it is very eighties. And, and I swear, if you Google the spirit hot tub scene, because this is this is for TV, so it's very <laughs> yes. safe. It is well, very uncomfortable. And you know yeah. what's really? This is putting it right when we go right back to the fact that uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four is still the best FF film we've gotten it out is. of everything else. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean that's a that's a great point. Like, I would I would rather watch this spirit with Sam Jones than that abomination, you know, that uh, Frank Miller did. Oh, God, I don't know who wrote so this, bad. but I did. Uh, Wes Anderson's <laughs> The Spirit. I did. I'd love to see that. Oh, that's okay, funny. cool. But but well, I changed guys, mine to Green Hornet. I really you guys would... realize it was a Doc Savage film no. in '75, don't you? Yeah, and it's yeah. Crazy. I just I just watched it like a month or two ago. Yeah, Clay just one's a good one. 
Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> I think um, that one was a made for TV. Yeah. Version. Well, no, no, no. It's a, uh, it's a George Powell joint. Ooh. It's, I think the last thing George Powell did. Now, you want to talk yeah. about TV films, the old 1970s uh, TV made for film, uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. With, <laughs> with, uh, with uh, the mom from uh, the, Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, my God. Rest Lucille, in peace. Lucille Bluth. Lucille Bluth. She is R. hot R. in that movie. I'm just go, saying. Jessica go watch Walters. Star War. Go, go watch a Star, Star Wars. We're having Lindsay to... chops for dinner. <laughs> oh God! She's <laughs> so fucking Savage. mean. Savage. Well, with that, let's go to recommendations. Uh, also, Doc Savage of her. Um, uh, all right, uh, Josh, you want to kick us off here? Here at the top of the list. Yeah, sure. Um, I uh, I've got two because partly because I re brought back the one from last week, but it fits in. Um, my first is this website I just totally stumbled upon called Comics Kingdom. And what's cool about it is that... Oh, the Phantom ones. Have to yeah, no, it's so like they have the Phantom, they have Mandrake, they have Flash Gordon. There's actually a really cool Flash Gordon thing they're doing, which I'll explain in a minute. But I, I, I grew up, I'm probably the last generation that grew up reading and loving newspaper strips. It's always been my very first comic love. I love comic strips more than comic books. I'll just be frank. I always have when I want to be a cartoonist, I want to be a newspaper strip cartoonist. Okay. And what the thing that I missed the most was every day opening up the newspaper and reading this, the strips at breakfast, right? You can still do it, but it's sort of hard to do. This site does that for you. So it, it's free, but for 20 bucks a year annually, you can subscribe and basically put together, these are the strips I want to read each day, and they just email them to you. So okay. every, every morning in my inbox, I just open it, and I'm reading The Phantom. I'm reading um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I'm reading uh, uh, Bizarro. I'm reading like just strips that I like to read. Huh. Um, it's totally worth it, I think. Oh, like original crazy cat strips are in my oh. inbox every day. I love it. Right. Um, for 20 the, bucks. That's for, awesome. For 20 bucks a year. Yeah. I think it's, it's completely worth it. Um, having said that, what I just, I just stumbled upon on the site because it, it's a little overwhelming at first. Um, they had a strip called flash forward. That's pretty cool. It is the flash Gordon strip, but every, Day's entry is by a different cartoonist. And I went I went back a few days and there's one by Box Brown. And it's great. I'm just like, holy crap, this is amazing. So now I'm going to read this every day, right? Um, it's wonderful. It's really good. So that's my first rec. Uh, the other one is a Humble Bundle that dropped this week. And it's very similar to one that I'd already bought like a year or two ago. But it's a 2000 AD Humble Bundle. <laughs> and man, if you pay for the full amount, you get... I mean, you get all of Halo Jones, you get all of Zenith, which a very early uh, uh, Grant Morrison uh, book. Um, Brass Sun is really good. I mean, there are tons of stuff in here. So if you want, if you've never read any two, like any of the 2080 properties, this is a perfect way to get into it. Ooh, all Ewing. Look at that Judge uh, Dread. That's just some bowling art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the Carlos uh, Esquera. Oh, yeah, okay. thank you for saying but it properly. Judge Death, Young Death. And like they have Death. 
Yeah, and and they have some uh, some of the original Judge Dredd volumes in there too. If you keep scrolling down, that's all the newer stuff. But like, um, yeah, they have the complete files here. Yeah, there's the oh, Judge Anderson. I'm I I know I saw a Judge Dredd one. I think oh, maybe top. not. Is it the top? It was at the top. It was at the top. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. The yeah. complete case files one through. Five. I mean, one through five. Each one of those is like. 200 pages? pages? Yeah, something, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, they're enormous. So you're getting like thousands of pages of comics from this Humble Bundle. I might so buy this. You should get it. It's good. It's really good. We, they need to give us an affiliate link. Uh, yeah, I know. That'd be that'd be nice. <laughs> I would dig that. Because cool. it's my go-to and I don't have a rack. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kyle? Um, yeah, I threw a link in there. Um, basically, found out today that there is, and apparently it's at Target right now, but they've released a Disney's Gargoyles uh, board game. Oh, hold on, you threw a link where? In, in the notes. In the oh, notes. I see it, I see it. I see yeah. it. Board game. But, it but it comes with uh, pewter figures for uh, five of the six Gargoyles, along with Elisa, and basically just in a huge city board of a New York. And I'm like, okay, cool. this might be worth it. That's cool. That's really How much? cool. Uh, I think like 30, I think, maybe. Oh, that's not bad. Whoa, oh, that looks that's amazing. Cool. Yeah, wow. The next image will have the link to the uh, the figures. Those are nice. Yeah. Damn, like, that's awesome. This I may have to pick up. Oh yeah, this looks good. I mean, it's, you know, it's the best animated series they've released. So I mean, I own it. I still need to watch show. it. I mean, so. about about gargoyles, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just have Dave Stevens because I just oh, enjoyed doing nice. this whole segment and just looking up and researching and going through his old art and yeah. reading cool stories about him. Uh, it yeah. was it on one hand, it was weird because like I saw him at cons all the time. So it was, you know, you just uh, you go to cons and you see the normal tables. That was a regular. He was a regular at the Dallas yeah. Fantasy Festival, Dallas Fantasy oh. Fair back in the 80s before this blew up. And I'm so it was so always bummed. I would have loved to have met him. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just cool because it was just a, he was a regular, and uh, and then seeing all this art, and then and then I even discover he did he helped do storyboards for Raiders of the Lost Ark, wow, and and Thriller, you know, like, like just random video? cool shit. The, the yeah, the really, Jackson video. I really want Dave Stevens Thriller storyboards collected right now. That'd I mean, be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. Did so, he yeah. draw? Did he draw hmm. one going like this, and then one with the? <laughs> <laughs> You guys know how the thriller dance goes. Uh, cool. I mean, uh, yeah that that that's been the funnest part for me is just going through this. So uh, look up some Dave Stevens art. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons I like doing shows like this is because we're looking into something we hadn't maybe thought about in a while. Yeah, uh, and it's something that like it's. I mean, some of us experienced it for the first time. You guys go back and revisit some <laughs> stuff. So. Uh, you revisited it, the Pelican Brief. That's right. No, you I never seen it. I had never seen no, it. No, no, no. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I didn't even know why it was called the Pelican Brief until I watched the movie, and then they they very thoroughly explained it multiple times. Right. It's set in a beach town, and the Pelicans are the bad guys. That's right. I've never seen it. It's about the basketball <laughs> team. It's about the Pelicans basketball <laughs> team. <laughs> it did not exist in '93. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what. That was a whole conspiracy. <clears throat> Julia Roberts figured it out. Oh my god. Uh okay. Well, I'm gonna recommend like uh I normally I would say a comic that I haven't read, but 
Uh, I got an advance for Scotty Young's uh, new Ooh. comic, The Me You Love in the Dark. Uh, this is the same team from Middle West, the Eisner uh, nominated Middle West. So Scotty Young, Jorge Corona, Jean Francois, I don't know if that's it. That, sorry about that. Less. Uh, <laughs> my French is not so good. Uh, and Nate Pecos on letters. Uh, yeah, it's a cool kind of gothic story. Scotty Young's uh, stories are actually pretty interesting. Um, so it it is not drawn by Scotty Young. I think he does have a a cover um, I'm at sure some he point. Does. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, the, we'll have a review for this. Actually, it's already loaded up in the channel. I just can't uh, make it public yet. So stay tuned. Uh, hit subscribe if you haven't for that. And we'll have more more reviews for comics and stuff. And you know channel. you've made it when you've got NDAs. So. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't really know what happened. Oh, I did find this Scotty on cover. Let me show you guys. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> Damn it. Now I'm going to have to buy this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. So that's cool. good. So cool. Yeah, so go check, uh, you know, go check this out. Go like the video so I can tell the, the comic publishers, like, look how many views we're getting on our stuff. Give me more. Give me more advanced copies of stuff. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, but uh, that that's about it. Uh, any closing thoughts before we get Sam Jackson out here to get us out of here? I uh, I, I did have one uh, memory I forgot to mention earlier when I was talking about uh, the Phantom. Like I said, I was working at a comic store when that came out, and I God, I wish I still had this. They as a promotional item, they sent us a box of cast metal phantom rings to give oh, away oh god that's these crazy. were we were all impressed we we're like these are not cheap these are these are nicely made cast metal rings and we all took one and i have no idea where mine ended up oh, i would dude. love to still have that so yeah boom <laughs> i love you can't it can't slam love... evil without it no you can't you can't you can't leave that little mark in the guy's face like he has so cool all right well Really, I never. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? <laughs> I love that stupid clip. Uh, all right. Uh, well, anything else, guys, before we get out? Oh, you know what? Uh, we'll probably do Suicide Squad next week since it's coming out on HBO Max Thursday. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, is it? Did you have to pay out? extra for it? Yeah, not for, on HBO Max. Not HBO Max. Not HBO Max. No, oh, good. Okay, okay. All right. Good. Because if it's, they are, then I'll be. I will be watching it. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. So we'll probably do. Very likely that our show next will, will be about the Suicide Squad. Maybe we'll do a a, a look uh, versus Suicide Squad because we're getting news on that front. David Ayer sent a big letter this week to. I saw really, that to someone. Yeah. Do I have to go watch the original Suicide you never Squad? Seen it? No. I think it'd be worth watching. Anything. I think it'd be worth watching just because you can see how different the movies are gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even yeah, though they right. have some of the same characters. Good film compared to bad film. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a it is a film of poor choices that you can go, oh, why would you do that? But, why would you add this? <laughs> why yeah. would you tell us this a third time? David Ayer uh released a big statement. I think this is the last thing he it feels like this is the last thing he wants to say on that. He just said, "Look, the cut of the movie that that Warner Bros. released." Oh, that's right, that's right. That's, that's right, not that's right. what I intended for the movie huh. to be at all. I don't know that there's a better version of that movie out there, uh, and we may never find out. But he was just, I guess, he because of, 
I'm he's sure getting he's comparisons. Getting of, yeah, he's getting a lot of the, the, and people are bringing it back up again because we're getting this sequel. Uh, well, and the cider cut, right? Like, didn't yeah, exactly. almost immediately they like release the air cut, so. right? Right. Which I mean, uh, give me a, if you give me another color movie, I'll watch it. What? Uh, <laughs> I'd rather wait and watch that cut if I could. Uh, so, so, so yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so I don't know. I'll probably go. I'll probably rewatch the other need. one. <laughs> I'm gonna rewatch that and then maybe Birds of Prey just to get a full feel on how Harley's portrayed in all three movies. Okay, I'll, I'll give you Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey was fun. Yeah. I mean, do you think I actually need to have watched either of those movies to go into no. this new Suicide Squad? No, 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 no. Oh, but I okay. will say it is my favorite Jack Courtney movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite role he's ever played in anything ever. You've never so, seen Live Free or Die Hard, then? Oh I, God, why? No, you mean no? I have no. You mean the next one, uh, the last one? What was Live the, Free or Die Hard is for? Oh, that's right? okay. Yeah, that's the uh, Kevin Smith one. Yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. even. There's nobody no even good Die Hard after two. <laughs> oh, I like three. Three you is me, great. You give me Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis together. Wasn't a fan. I'm, I'm there. Took me from the field with Die Hard I liked were. People on TikTok are—they found that scene of uh, John McClane walking with that sign. <laughs> yeah, and that's right. And they're resharing it, like the whole scene. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Very, very out of context too. So. Yeah, very. <laughs> like, but they share the whole scene because it's—I mean, it's a very tense scene. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll do a Die Hard episode at some point too. Uh, but yeah, let us know down oh, in the comments. Look at, <laughs> I'm all look in. at Clay. Uh, look at Clay. As long eyes. as it, as long as it doesn't mean I have to watch the fifth one. Uh, <laughs> you have to watch them all. I want a, a an essay on it, please. <laughs> what is your worst? Have, what, what is the what is the worst Die Hard, and why are you wrong? If we're gonna to, if we're gonna do Die Hard, we got to do Lethal Weapon. Yeah. That's not yeah. I, I don't know. I have a won't watch anything with Mel Gibson in it. Uh, Say, rule now. I mean, I give an exception for Mad Max, but I, Lethal Weapon. That, that was before he he became the nutbag that he is. So it's I like, don't care. <laughs> He's I I don't want any residuals going to that man uh, ever again. Yeah, we'll okay, figure so it we'll out. bid torrent the movie. Yeah, there you go. All right, that works. If you own it, you're not giving any residuals. That's true. <laughs> true. That's true. I don't think I do though. How would you let us borrow his DVDs? <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, let us know down in the comments what other movies or properties you like us to make me revisit, uh, even if it's the even if it's the bad spirit movie. Uh, <laughs> that movie right. sucks hard too. It oh it I have tried four times to watch it and I just <laughs> cannot get through it. It is so bad. It. I haven't made it a half hour into it. I think I oh. the most I've made it fifteen minutes. I turn it off. It's not very good. I watched that movie, but I couldn't leave because I didn't go by myself. And the person I went with didn't want to leave. So oh, I had to sit through oh, it. Uh, oh, and then after we got out of the movie, uh, we were going with some friends that wanted to watch in the different movie. And so we had to sit through their rest of their film. And that movie was The Love Guru. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is awful. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. Did y'all, just, did y'all just compare how bad the movie was with well, the movies y'all saw? The spirit didn't feel as bad once I was watching the love girl. What's my wonder? What what even was the lesser two evils? <laughs> at least it was cool. At least the spirit looked cool. Uh, 
Uh, so, but yeah, that was a. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. All right, all right. Thanks for watching, okay. everyone. Um, yeah. Like, subscribe, on. and that stuff. Well, the other thing too. Uh, oh. The outro. Oh, we have an outro. Hold on. We have an outro. That. We have an outro. All right. And let's get out of let's here. Let's ride. <laughs> Thanks everyone for watching. Well, I love you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Clay. Hail Bebo. Josh. Josh. My vagina is haunted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I like my read on that one. That's good. We're gonna, we're gonna, need, we're gonna need a clean take later. All right. Thanks, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>